Next on BYUSN, how does BYU's dramatic win over Arkansas change our expectations for what BYU can do over the course of the season? Tight end Isaac Rex tells us how the team is celebrating the win over Arkansas and looking ahead to Kansas. Plus, Top 5 Tuesday features the best non-Hail Mary grabs in Cougar history. Does Chase Roberts one-hander make the list? And Diljeet Taylor and the All-American Aubrey Frenthaway from Women's Cross Country preview the season for the 7th-ranked Cougars. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, September 19th. I am Spencer Linton. He is a fanatic of giant inflatable vehicles, Jerem Jordan. I didn't know I was until I saw some highlights from the 1992 BYU-Kansas game, which is the only previous meeting between the Jayhawks and Cougars. And in the end zone uh, at a, a, you know Aloha Stadium in the Aloha Bowl is this giant inflatable Jeep. I don't know what this is or why this is. Obviously, some kind of sponsorship. Uh, this is the game-winning score, by the way, for Kansas field goal. Um, but yeah, we, we had uh, two and a half whole seconds uh, of a view of this. I don't know what that is, but I really need it in Lawrence this Saturday. So could you just let me know where that is? And I hope it's a nice front and center on TV. Saturday. Was it the Jeep Wrangler Aloha Bowl or something? <laughs> what was it? I don't know. I have no idea. I just thought it was super weird. We'll Which need is it. what we'll I need, need out of football. Yes. I need wins and weird stuff. A massive Jeep Wrangler somewhere <laughs> in the stadium. Jurassic Park Lawrence. was like two years away from the Cherokee. <laughs> That's just a regular Jeep, I guess. Yeah, yeah. was it a promotion for that movie? <laughs> two years out. Hey, wait and see what we got coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, objects in rear view are closer than they appear. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Is BYU going away with a win tonight? What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. BYU now 3-0, 3-0 for the third time in four seasons, by the way. It's never that, happened. Okay, that is that? a first in BYU football history. With the most recent victory over Arkansas. So, looking at the win against the Razorbacks, how does that change the expectations of what we think and all of you think BYU can do over the course of the 2023 season? Okay, before the season, I thought Arkansas was a loss. So now that it's a win, that certainly makes me feel like um, two things are going to happen. One, BYU's going to a bowl game. Not worried about it now. Like, that was in question even after 2-0. I was like, okay, how's this going to work if you don't win at Arkansas and then you play at Kansas? BYU's going to win three of the next nine. Like, if BYU just, just is crappy the rest of the year, they could go three and six and still make a bowl game. That's happening. So the seven mark for wins certainly feels much better. In fact, you know, FBI saying, hey, look at the six-win percentage. That went up significantly after the Arkansas game from 25 to 63%. So that's exciting. I feel like seven-plus wins is in the mix. And let's be honest. The fact that BYU started 3-0, that they got probably the second toughest road win on the schedule as a dub, Texas being the toughest, you certainly feel like, hey, who knows? Maybe eight-plus is possible. Um, and... and but, and I'll get to this in a minute, I am stoked that BYU is 3-0 and very flawed. The fact that they have climbed through the adversity and still been undefeated in one of the toughest games is very exciting. I, I cannot wait. But ESPN FPI does not look favorable on BYU the rest of the year. But I don't really care because I don't believe some of the numbers. 
I just don't. Well, let's take a look at those numbers. And you tell us, are these fair projections for BYU? A few or not. Okay. BYU given a almost 44% chance to win at Kansas. Okay, that's I, pretty favorable. I think that's fair. This is sort of a pick-a-mish game. I think this is a matchup of two good teams. But BYU top 40 teams. is a home underdog to Cincinnati? That one's weird. Come on. Uh, given the loss to Miami of Ohio last week for the Bearcats. At TCU, 26%, that whatever. That makes sense to that me. probably feels fair. Home to Texas Tech, just a 37% chance to win that game. Yeah, Texas Tech getting a lot of love still. Uh, lost at Wyoming, right? Lost uh, to Oregon at home. Those are Wyoming hung with Texas, so certainly uh, maybe Cowboys better than you think. BYU beat that same Cowboys team last year, by the way. At um, Texas, seven yeah. percent chance. They're the third-ranked team in the country. That makes sense. It's that's on fine. the road. We that's get fine. that. At West Virginia, that one's weird, dude. Thirty-nine percent. I know West Virginia's two and one. The one loss is to Penn State, like, but. Eh, 39. Okay. These aren't odds makers. These are, this is a computer metric. Computer. Okay. So if it were odds makers, I'd understand that one a little bit more because they're looking at BYU having to travel two time zones. Maybe it's an early game. BYU hasn't fared well, particularly well in those type of contests, but this, this is a computer metric. Iowa state is a wreck right now. An absolute wreck. Why is that one? Just 50. BYU's given a 54% <laughs> chance to beat a team that scored seven points yeah. in a loss on Saturday against who, Jerem? A world beater? In South Alabama. No, no. And at West Virginia, we don't know the time of the game yet, by the way. We don't know it's going to be early. Like, it could be late. Who knows? 8% at home to beat Oklahoma? Oklahoma looks pretty good on offense. I know offense, they look great, but 8%, 8 in Provo? And then Oklahoma State is, yeah, like you said, that one's ridiculous. So I don't, I don't believe several of the numbers there. And that's okay. Um, let me tell you uh, more about my, my thoughts on the, the flawed thing. Okay, let's talk about the good that's going on. Yeah, right so I was going to say, the bad. when you say f they're, they're very flawed, are very you talking flawed. specifically on offense? I'll tell you. Okay. I'll give you numbers. Okay, the good. Turnover margin, plus five. Amazing. Which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. How good is that? Ninth in the country. Ninth in the country. Your top ten in taking the ball away. Seven uh, takeaways and two giveaways. This is good. This is good. Making timely big plays when needed, like we talked about yesterday. BYU was not uh, crazy amazing in yards, and they sure. weren't in yards per play, these kind of things, which I'll get to. But timely good plays, right? Um, Kingston's pass and receiving touchdown, Tuley's interception, Roberts one-hander, Rex red zone uh, grab, Heckard's forced fumble, four sacks. Those are good. LJ Martin's showing us some stuff, right? Uh, safeties have not been a liability. Mm. We, they totally could be. BYU is playing with its fourth, fifth, and sixth safeties right now. Ethan Slade, Crew Wakely got knocked out of the game. Sounds like he's not going to be available this week, maybe next couple of weeks. Um, Ethan Slade's doing a really nice job. Again, no Micah Harper, no Talon Alfrey. Crew Wakely gets knocked out. Malik Moore gets pulled, not injured. He gets pulled from the game because of uh, the punt return situation. Jace Hill, Hill's defense has been great. Ryan Rico, number one active punter in the NCAA right now with his okay. average. Uh, the defense only really gave up 21 versus Arkansas. Um, okay, let me give you two numbers that I just barely found that really tell the story of BYU football. Points per play right now. Okay. 48th nationally. That's good enough. It feels like BYU isn't very good on offense. 
48.413. But the best one I got for you, Spence. Yards per point. Yards per point. Sixth in the country, 10.4. BYU is getting chunks when they score. Okay. So yards per play is really good because uh, let's look at the bad. Not running the rock well. BYU is bottom 10 in yards per carry right now, 2.67. That's terrible. It's awful. Not consistently explosive. 7.7 yards per attempt, 68th. 10-plus yard pass plays, 72nd. 20-plus, only 9, 76. Not great. And then some of the worst stuff. Yards per play on offense, 101st, 5.2. 311 yards per game, 118th. 179 plays is 123rd on offense. BYU's not getting a ton of plays yet. They're they've scoring been e- enough. They've been efficient they're with s- a limited number. They're of scoring points. enough. The yards per attempt's not good enough. The re- yards per carry's not good enough. But when they uh, they are able to produce points with fewer plays, and they're getting lots of yards to get those points. So I applaud BYU. What if BYU starts carrying the rock effectively? What if BYU starts to get more explosive consistently? Now we're talking about a team that can go and beat Kansas that beat Cincinnati at home, and poof, puff the Magic Dragon. You're always 5-0 oh, and really interesting inside the top 20. I, am, I, am ex- I, I, w- I wish that BYU was playing re- like way better right now, but the fact that they are 3-0 and, oh and are not are very flawed. This gets me excited because I think BYU can still figure out some things to get to that next level. Okay, you just presented a ton of numbers. Almost a lot too, of numbers. Too many okay, numbers. So many numbers flying across the screen right there. And all backing a point that primarily the offense has not been great. But what about the defense and the special teams? Okay, so when you, when you say very flawed, it's it's fair to say that's primarily on offense. It's correct. Offense. Okay? Uh, there's l- the only flaw for special teams is to continue to fake and not get it. Like we have we like, we have not seen punt and field goal didn't work. Hardly anything that made us question special teams this year. We've seen Marcus McKenzie and Ryan Rico do their thing, and now Parker Kingston's coming along uh, as a kickoff return man. Hobbs Nyberg hasn't given away the ball. Like no. The special teams just, have been just the awesome. The two fakes. So how do you overcome flawed offense at times? Field position battle is a massive way to do that, and BYU has one of the best punting teams and one of the best punters in the entire country. The best punters. Man. That, can accommodate, best. that can certainly help. Uh, push that, uh, get through some, some offensive woes. Okay? Yes, because like, it's complimentary. You can flip the field. Your offense now, instead of getting the ball at your own 20, you're getting the ball closer to midfield consistently, BYU, which is what BYU did against Arkansas. It was the 39-yard line. Yes. Are you kidding amazing, me? Amazing, right? B- only, BYU only has five drives of 70-plus for touchdowns this year. Eight of them have been less than 70. Jeremy, as much as we don't want to admit – Anything good that happens from the team up north, what did they base everything they did on for years? Good defense and good special teams and just good enough can, offense. Can keep you in a game. Once they got a when they when Utah's had a quarterback, they've done something special. So if BYU can, as you said, turn the corner, maybe start to run the ball a little more effectively and sustain some drives and help keep the defense off the field a little bit longer, give that excellent defense through three games a little more rest. Now we're talking about something special. Now yes. we're talking about seven or eight wins this season. And maybe more. It, like, if they kick it into gear like we're thinking there is potential for, you're talking about, uh, you know, even more than that. BYU right now is going to lose several games. In fact, four or five if they continue at this pace. But the fact that they were able to get the Arkansas win, amazing. 
Can you do that every week? I mean, a play here or there swings the game, right? And, and BYU made enough plays on offense, and when they do make a play, it's a big play, and it, it's scoring touchdowns, which is really encouraging. I, I am, I'm not discouraged by the BYU offense very right, much right now, despite stinking on yards per carry. Certainly a 45-yarder right here from L.J. Martin helps. But the explosive plays down the field, when you get them, I just want consistently more explosive, consistently better success rate on first and second down. And now you're talking about a team that can walk into October if, if they crank it up, again, undefeated and challenge TCU, challenge Texas Tech. Can they compete with Texas? That's what we're talking about. The formula right now, if nothing changes and you have excellent special teams, good defense. I would say it's very good to great right now. Okay offense. is That formula right there is good enough for seven wins. It is. Like If it just doesn't, if it just stays, that's good enough for seven wins. Yes. They, they're capable of more. The offense can boost it up a little bit. And the defense is going to take a hit because you're going to play tougher sure. competition. Sure. So if the offense can boost it up, now you're looking at maybe eight wins. But right now I'm feeling very, very confident about my projection of seven wins. There's enough talent on this team to win seven games and maybe more if special teams defense keep doing their thing and we finally see a breakthrough with the offensive line in the run game. I think BYU is playing the second most talented offense in the league this week. That's fair. I think Texas number one. Kansas Their is skill really positions good. are ridiculous. Their old line is all back. Kansas returns 10 of the 11 starters, and they are sticking. This could absolutely become a shootout in Lawrence. Good challenge okay. for the BYU. Our defense. question of the day. How did BYU's win over Arkansas change your expectations for what BYU can do over the course of the 2023 season? Sam.Norton.58 answers on X. The Arkansas win, plus the fact the rest of the Big 12 struggled, really makes me think a third-place finish in the Big 12 is possible. Presumably behind Texas and OU. Whoa, horsey. Uh, it's a little soon for that in my mind. Um, let's see BYU get through October, and then we'll have a real sense of where they could land. Like, it, if BYU's got, like, one loss in Oct uh, through October, now we're talking – or even two. Now we're talking about something really Okay, I'm not ready to go top three, but I'm – Top three. Absolutely willing – like, someone six, said top – If somebody seven? said, yeah, BYU's a top six team in the Big 12 – I wouldn't. They're, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Maybe the it, sixth it, best team right now. They're yeah. often. Yeah. Right. Well, right now, I think we're talking about later, right? Right now, certainly BYU is like, you could argue, one of the best teams in the Big 12. But at the end of the season, can they get through October with health? And can the offense start to run the rock and be consistently explosive? If so, we're talking about something awesome, man. It is a two for Tuesday, by the way. So we're going to yeah. throw in a second a question of the day. Heck yeah. Because it is Top 5 Tuesday, and we are looking at the greatest non-Hail Mary catches in BYU football history. Yeah. Okay? I love it. We needed to quantify it that way because, naturally, most people are going to want to go to those dramatic game-winning catches. Those are so good, they're in a league of their own. Uh, it's a category of their own. So where would you rank Chase Roberts' catch against Arkansas, a game-winner in its own right, among BYU's greatest non-Hail Mary catches. Okay, how about that? Greatest non-Hail Mary catches, where does Chase Roberts fall? Uh, John Taylor on Facebook answers. John Taylor came third, we know. <laughs> I still like Puka Nakua's against Boise State just because there is history with Boise State. Yeah, yes, there is. And was probably the last time BYU will be on the Smurf oh, turf. Oh, we ain't playing up there ever again. Sorry. It was fun it, while it lasted. It's hard to remove the context of that Pukunakua catch because of the rivalry. Like, but we're just talking like straight 
athleticism, like acrobatics, great catch. Yeah. But it's somewhat- well, that's our top five. That's not this question. Okay. Our top five later uh, is is okay. we're taking game context out of it, like trying to anyway. Catch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, but our question is just any non hail mary. So yeah, no, the okay. game context. Puka Nakua is favors absolutely. Way also, up Puka there. is uh, blue steel, right? So hot right now. Yes, he is. <laughs> so Hashtag BYUSNX, Facebook, and Instagram. You can watch yesterday's episode of Coordinator's Corner. Get some real insight from Jay Hill and Kelly Papinga. Kelly Papinga saying, hey, there's more fakes on the way. We would have got a first down if we had run it this way. Da, da, da. Check it out on BYUSN.com, the free BYU TV app. Up next, my one-on-one with BYU's tight end, Isaac Rex. I asked him how he decompresses after a big win like that. It deals with church. Well, there's a follow-up to that. Also, what does he know about Kansas at this point? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Isaac Rex elevates to make the catch. Isaac Rex going over the top. It's a touchdown for Isaac Rex. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Isaac Rex having a fantastic season working with Keaton Slovis. I spoke with him on Saturday night and then again yesterday to preview the Kansas matchup and to follow up on just how he decompresses after a monumental road win in SEC country. Here's Isaac Rex one-on-one on BYU Sports Nation. Isaac, you told me on Saturday night that you were going to decompress by, you know, relax a little bit on the, the plane ride home. You get back late, but then you said you had to teach Sunday school uh, on Sunday morning. So how was the Sunday school lesson with your wife? It was actually really good. It was the Sunday school class came to they came to play on on Sunday afternoon. They, <laughs> they had a lot of good participation. Uh, my wife and I we asked some good questions, but they were really um, yeah they were really participating. They were very active. A lot of good insights. Talked about uh, forgiveness, um, the atonement, you know, reconciliation. A lot of different topics. So. Uh, but the Sunday school class, they handled it well. And the Sunday school president of the stake was there. And he said, we did a good job. So that was important. Oh, well done. Forget what you did in the football field. Like, you know, that's yes. great and all, Isaac. But you, you, <laughs> did, you did your job on Sunday, Lord, man. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you got that validation. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear things went well. Back to work. I mean, you can't really dwell on just what was an improbable, super exciting win at Arkansas given everything you had to overcome because now it's it's Kansas week and so I guess my first question is at what point do you make like the distinct mental transition to go from okay that was awesome to beat Arkansas but now it's about Kansas yeah I feel like once you get to Tuesday um, it's full on Kansas mode Uh, Monday we still watch the film Um, you know we kind of talk about the game have our our winners and our champions and uh, the coaches still talk to us about, you know, what we did good and what we did bad. But once Tuesday hits, it's it's straight um, into the next game. And so, you know, we'll have a little bit more fun today um, and talk about the win a little bit more. But, yeah, once tomorrow hits, it's, it's full go watching Kansas film and um, just focusing on them. I ran into your parents at the Fayetteville Airport in northwest Arkansas. And 
you know, not surprisingly, they've uh, they've got some opinions about how things went. So how do you balance what Dad Byron and even your mom say to you to go along with what the coaches say to you? Yeah, I mean, I got to worry way more about what the coaches say than what my dad says. <laughs> but I do worry about what my mom says to me. My mom, uh, you know, I listen to her a little bit more sometimes than maybe my dad. But, yeah, the coaches are number one. Like, whatever the coaches say goes, you know, I do – I play for this team, you know, I play for them. I play for the university. So for my teammates, so I care a lot more about, you know, what they have to say than maybe uh, my dad or my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Isaac Rex with us on BYU Sports Nation. How did you view the film from your perspective for for the tight ends and for the offense? Like what's what's the grade of the offense and, and the tight ends specifically against Arkansas? You know, I thought we played well. I feel like uh, Mason Fakahua and and Tava, they they stepped in and played really well too. And they were called upon. Uh, it was just awesome to watch. You know, on on that Parker Kingston touchdown, uh, Tava, you know, blowing up that corner on the edge, um, and then I was able to get the safety. And that's the plays you you live for as a tight end. You know, when it's me and Tava, you know, we have a two V two and we're able to win those battles and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the stuff that we really care about. So uh, we'll look at the plays and um, the film a little bit more today, but you know, overall as a tight end group, there's stuff we could work on, but I feel like we, uh, you know, played well on Saturday. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that specific play because Isaac, you had a pan. It wasn't just a good block. It was a pancake block to get Parker there into the, the, the corner of the end zone. So uh, the tight ends did some, some real work when he scores and you tie the game at 31 to me, I, I said today on the show, like I felt like at that moment, BYU is going to win the game. Did you, did you feel the same way in that moment? Yeah. I mean, th- that game was full of momentum shifts, you know, back and forth, back and forth. I, I feel like someone said they went up 14 zero and then we scored 21 straight points and then they scored maybe 10 more points or, you know, something like that. It, it was a crazy game. And so we were down by 10, um, maybe going into the fourth uh, or at least late into the third. And so, yeah, in a game like that, you, you never know what's going to happen. And so you just kind of got to play your game, you know, you got to keep grinding and uh, keep worrying about the next play instead of worrying about the overall uh, ending of the game probably. So yeah, but that game, it was definitely awesome. And that was a huge momentum shift that we saw with Parker's touchdown. Your good friend and quarterback, Caden Slovis, is the first to be critical of his own performance and the offense's performance. And he says, you know, we left a lot of plays out there. We can be so much better. Where do you feel like specifically BYU's offense can be better right now before Kansas? Yeah, I feel like we had, you know, some – kind of dumb penalties at times you know I feel like we kind of got to a slow start with them three with some three and outs um yeah I mean overall there's always things you could look at throughout the game that um you could do better on uh, but the fact that we you know put up 38 points was crucial um to be able to score that much in SEC territory uh is really you know big and we should have had um, even more, you know, that we could look back on and see, you know, where things wrong went wrong or what happened. But yeah, the way we responded and no game's going to be perfect, but the way we, re- we responded was really crucial in that time. And I feel like the offense 
you know, played well. And I think Keaton uh, played really well also. We spent some time talking about just the fan show out in Fayetteville, and we anticipate that a, a good portion of BYU fans are going to be in Kansas as well. What does that mean to you when you're on the road and you're in a hostile environment and you see like a distinct sliver of blue and they're loud? Like, how do you take that as a player? No, it means so much as a player to know that you have so much support, you know, no matter where you go. And so when I see all that blue and I see all the fans cheering louder than the the opposing team, it's it's so cool to see and it's so cool to, you know, know how big BYU Nation is and how big Cougar Nation is. Uh, we know that any game we're at will have a big fan presence and, you know, we could kind of get that home court advantage sometimes even when you're out on a different uh, – different fields so cougar nation's the best we can't thank them enough and to yeah see all those fans after the win was was really awesome isaac rex is on byu sports nation cougar tight end off to a very fast start through his first three games isaac how would you rate your personal performance over the first three games uh, i feel like you know that's it's been good um you know there's always things I could work on. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to build momentum, stay healthy and continue to work. Um, yeah. Just help this team continue to win. And, you know, well, that's uh, my job on the team is to do whatever it takes for the team. So whatever they ask me to do, I'll do it. We'll finish with a couple of quick hitters here. How much do you know about Kansas before you've really dived into the film? What do you know about the Jayhawks? Oh, I know they have a lot of momentum right now. Um, I they. Might be. Are they undefeated? Also, they are three and three and zero. Oh. Yep. Um, so they've you know played some good teams. Um, they've been some good teams. They were really good last year. I know they beat Arkansas last year also in their bowl game. Uh, they have a really good quarterback, really good defense, um, and so you know Kansas has gotten some heat maybe for their pass play, um, but right now Kansas is a super good team and you know a, a definite. Um, big time player in the big 12. And so we're excited to go there and have some good competition. All right. And final question last year, it was, you know, the rocking the baby touchdown celebration before that it was a unique mixture of some nice dance steps. So Isaac is, is there a touchdown celebration that you're working on that we have not seen yet? Uh, there actually isn't. That was a, <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll dedicate it to, you know, my dad, Hawaii game, maybe I'll take off my helmet and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, if it's a away game. So who knows? Maybe I'll, you know, dedicate it to my dad in that, in that situation. Uh, I love it. Hey, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, you're always a good sport to put up with us and to hang out with us. Congratulations on a great season for you thus far and for your team. Let's give you some karma for Kansas, and we'll see you again soon. Appreciate it, Spence. Thank you, guys. Isaac Rex, NFL hopeful, tight end for BYU, back on BYU Sports Nation. He was mentioning, you know, honoring his dad with a celebration. There are a few Byron celebrations that Isaac probably shouldn't try and emulate. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know at Hawaii. Wow. Good pull there. Hey. He's, he's pacing for some good numbers, Spence. He's having a great season I'd like far. to see his touchdowns go up. Uh, you know, if, if maybe if he's – sprinting up the seam he, he grabs that and he scores that touchdown um it, but i'm not going to complain that much it was a great catch BYU punches it in it's all good he, he's a real threat for BYU. i'd love to see him even more of a threat because right now in the past game byu is not super consistently explosive they're being explosive
But Isaac Rex, to me, is the key to them consistently doing that over the middle of the field. That's the Keaton Slovis thing. He finds the middle of the field better than we think Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall uh, did. Uh, certainly some room for improvement. There. Yes. Yeah, and I'm with you. that like On pace for 40 catches and over 700 yards, those are incredible numbers Fantastic. for a tight end, even uh, at BYU. Well, well. <laughs> you, you got you got to do a little more to to be in the top five there, but yes. But the eight, like I, I'm thinking, he's probably capable of closer to six to eight touchdowns. Yeah, you know, get in that space. He he is a red zone threat to uh, to a team. We expect a lot because he had 12 as a freshman. That was a different kind of year. You got Zach Wilson having one of the best BYU quarterback years ever. You got a different kind of schedule. If he can get half of that, six. I'm content. Hey, and those projections are through 12 games. BYU's going to play 13. BYU's going to play 13. 14 after the Big 12 oh title game. My. What? <laughs> what? Blue after further ado, tonight, 7.30 Eastern time. Hey, they're blue goggled with me. There's a lot of blue in this graphic. 7.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. As the guys recap the incredible win at Arkansas, preview the matchup with Kansas. Up next, in case you missed it, there's some brotherly love or maybe lack thereof this week in the BYU Kansas football game this is BYU Sports Nation Quinton BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere follow BYU Sports Nation on social media Facebook X Instagram YouTube TikTok and threads we're still doing threads apparently I've given up. It's still a thing. <laughs> it had like an amazing two-day two run. Oh, this is incredible. <laughs> Welcome back to Studio V. I'm Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. Great football preparing for the Big 12 opener against Kansas. Yesterday, Kalani Stocky spoke to the media about challenging and facing the Jayhawks. I think the world is their coach, so I know that they'll be ready to play. I'm looking forward to trying to get our team ready this week, taking advantage of all the practice time and the preparation to uh, play Kansas because we'll need to be at our best to, to go into that environment and, and to compete with them. So we're looking forward to the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the, the opportunity for our team to get better and to improve from last week. That's called the Kalani, by the way, the mix of Royal and Navy. That's the Kalani. Mm -hmm. uh, here's Kansas head coach Lance Leipold, who we enjoyed talking with the Big 12 Media Days, talking about the Cougs. You can tell they're well, well coached, poised, that, that maturity that you're looking for. And for them to come here for their first Big 12 game, I'm sure they're going to be excited about the opportunity. And, um, you know, there's 30-plus undefeated teams in the country right now, and they're one of them. So it's going to be a great challenge. And so is Kansas. Uh, Pre-game on BYU TV, BYU Radio starts Saturday at 1.30 Eastern time. Leipold did bring up the whole age maturity. Yeah, thing. oh BYU, yeah. This is like my least favorite piece of content anyone could ever put out there, but uh, there we go. I do like Lance. Good guy. He said we weren't excited about going to Kansas. At we day. being, no, no. he had read or heard. No, no. People are excited. Very excited. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you get the Chiefs game the next day. Let's go. Hey, Jaron, BYU football and all those 25-year-olds. Yeah. Oh, man. What an advantage. <laughs> so many national championships for the Cougars. Uh, we kid. They had three players recognized for their performances against Arkansas. Tyler Batty named the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week after recording nine tackles. A sack and a half, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. LJ Martin named one of the four freshman focus honorees by the Football Writers of America after his 77 rushing yards and two touchdown performance. And Isaac Rex selected to the Pro Football Focus Team of the Week with a PFF grade of 90.3. Cougars on Monday Night Football. Taysom Hill, nine rushes for 75 yards and the Saints 20-17 win over the Panthers. In that game, Jamal Williams, nine carries for 29, left the game in the second quarter with a hamstring injury. Sione Takitaki had two tackles, one of which was a sack. 
Fun celebration there on a surfboard and a Browns 26-22 loss to the Steelers. Take some RB2 now, New Orleans? Maybe. <laughs> Throw them in there, man. BYU women's volleyball up to number 10 in the latest ABCA poll. They jump two spots and they open a week featuring two ranked opponents. The Cougars open Big 12 play tomorrow against the Houston Cougars at home and then they'll host Baylor. Yeah, Houston 20, Baylor 18, let's go. Women's soccer ranked 12th in the first RPI rankings of the season, but RPI sucks. The Cougars are 6th in the top door soccer 25, uh, top 25. The newest United Soccer Coaches poll will be released later today. Get a metric that isn't from 1980, okay? Mm-hmm. BYU men's golf currently in fourth place at the Bearcat Invitational in Cincinnati, Ohio in the final round of the tournament. Zach Jones leading the Cougars, shooting three under par, which has him currently tied for sixth individually. Women's golf in 12th place at the Leadership in Golf Tournament in Seattle. Cougars are paced by freshman Lily Denuzio, who's tied for 24th at three over. Former BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose inducted into the Utah Sports Hall of Fame yeah. last night. This photo from the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Great picture, Dave with many of his former assistant coaches. Awesome stuff. Congratulations to Coach Rose on being inducted into the Utah Sports Hall of Fame. Those are today's headlines. Now we whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. UA receiver Darius Lassiter spoke yesterday about playing against his brother Quentin, who's a cornerback for Kansas. We uh, always dreamed about either playing with each other or playing against each other, whether it be this level or the next level after that. Uh, we, we pretty much talk every day, almost every week. Uh, we probably not gonna talk so much this week though. At 6.05 last night, he validated that idea. At Quentin L, you not allowed to call or text me this week until Saturday's over with a, a crying emoji and a hundy. What do you make of this interaction? I think this is totally appropriate. <laughs> I think it's very cool that there's a chance that Darius could line up across from his brother the yeah. receiver on defensive back in this game. Oh man, it's one thing to have two brothers going against each other, it's another to have them physically matched up. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. Super that's athletic cool family. Their older brother uh, has been in and out of the NFL on practice squads. Their sister is Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Like an incredibly athletic, NFL. yes, Kwame Lasseter yeah. was a great quarterback. Yep. Yep. Tragically passed away, but wow, what, what an athletic family. Oh my gosh. BYU football going with the all-white look this week at Kansas. All-white Navy numerals. Is there still a stigma with the curse of the all whites? I feel like people still feel like this is a thing. I don't know. I, I don't. It shouldn't be. Like BYU's not. They've uh, won plenty of games in the all whites now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. Navy has taken that stigma, if anything. Just like the I, all navies, people are like, no. I think BYU should uh, wear royal on the road all the time, by the way, as one of the colors. Because it looks Pops. so good in the crowd and on TV with the players. The, all whites, are, on the, the all whites are super clean. And I know why they went with the Navy numerals, because they didn't want to have any Kansas colors in the uniform Yeah, there's combo. a blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that, that so that's why sense. they do that. How many spots do you expect women's soccer to fall in the United Soccer Coaches Bowl? Probably fall to number seven. I think they'll probably drop six seven. spots. Yeah, tie with TCU and then, man, tough loss in Logan. I'd yeah. probably put him at number seven. Uh, I'll say six, just to be different. Um, there's only eight voters, one per region. So everybody controls 12.5% of the vote. That's, That's a lot of power. Wildly. Uh, I thought there were way more voters than that. <laughs> we're so united. We only have one per region to represent <laughs> us. BYU football with Saki is tonight at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV. Yep. AJ Vongpacha is the player guest. Get tickets to tonight's show on BYUSN.com. Well, representing one of the four top 10 teams 
on campus are Dilji Taylor hey. and Aubrey Prentaway of BYU Women's Cross Country. Seventh ranked Cougars, they're in the headlines and back in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. The running school, Spence. Yep. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. And we mentioned one of the four top ten teams on campus right now are represented courtesy of the women's cross-country team with head coach Dilji Taylor and the star Aubrey Frenthway. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. What's up, guys? Thanks for having us. Thank you. Now, you, now you're dressed up because you're going to the inauguration yep. after this of President Shane Reese. Yes. Otherwise, we would say, hey, you're a little overdressed for this program. But I feel like you I, yeah, great. okay, you thank great. you, thanks. <laughs> That's what she said when she saw me, like, wait a minute, am I underdressed? <laughs> like, I'm just in this. We have good. a chill vibe, you've taken it up a notch. Yeah. You know, that's, all good. That's, but that's There's what you're trying to can do can steal the show again. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is Aubrey's show, and I'm, I'm just <laughs> accompanying her. No. We kid. Hey, Big 12, here we go. Um, this one obviously is different because you're not running in the West Coast Conference. So, Aubrey, I'll start with you. Um, what's, is the approach any different? Are, are you aware on different levels because now you're in a quote-unquote power five conference? Yeah, I think it's, it'll be fun. It'll be going into this new conference is more competition. It's um, a better, like, we get more practice with championship racing. I think that'll be really good. Um, but honestly, with everything else, I don't, my motto this year has just kind of been trust Coach T. And so <laughs> I don't really know what it will bring other than, like, like with workouts and everything. I, I honestly have no idea. But um, just trusting Coach, and um, I just know the competition will be more, and that will be super fun. So When you look at the schedule, you know where you're seeing a bunch of games. You guys have three meets before the Big 12 championships. Like, there's not a ton of time to sort of figure it out before the big stuff comes up, right? Yeah, I feel like that's that's always the lineup for us, and so that doesn't really change. But when you're competing at such a high level and expecting these women to race at such a high level, three times before uh, the conference championship is is plenty. It's plenty. Okay, that's yeah, good. Would two be okay, or three is like two the would be number. okay? We've done two before, but this year I did something that I haven't done in a long time. I put them all in uniform for our home meet at the Autumn Classic. Uh, just because we have a young group and want to get the, the jitters of the uniform uh, out of the way prior to the first away race. And so it was fun. We, we had a good time. Well, you've got a young group, as you mentioned, but still ranked seventh in the country. You have an influx of more awesome talent. One meet down. What did you learn about your squad that maybe you didn't know before after the first race? I love the chemistry this year. And uh, I, I know coaches talk about how important that is all the time but especially in a sport like ours where you you have to go to that dark place and kind of be willing to die for each other um and I I love that part of it Aubrey's my only ever uh returning three-time All-American so the leadership on nice, our team Aubrey. <laughs> the leadership on our team is great her and that Lexi uh just bring a a good amount of um just guidance for the younger women and wow. so I feel good I, I walked away from Autumn Classic with like zero uh you know info yeah. because we it was us versus us and so i'm excited i think i'll get more knowledge of um who's willing to to really fight when we line up against oregon they're, they're a really good team this year and so um it'll be exciting bill dellinger invitational this weekend that's big time part of the reason we wanted you in here but also uh so you mentioned three meets so it's really two against other teams yeah. which is playing into what you're saying describe this dark place that that Coach Taylor just <laughs> said, the dark place where you're, you're, you're willing to do whatever for each other. 
Yeah, so I feel like, you know, the race kind of starts out and it's like, you're okay for a second. And then as it progresses, you really get to this point where you're like, man, I really, I don't know if I can do it. And that's just part of the sport that we chose, you know. And I think it's a really special thing to be able to get to that place and know that you have teammates that are going to be there for you. Like we all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses. Some of us hit it in the first 400 meters. That might be me sometimes. Some of us hit it in like the last 400. Some of us hit it at a mile. Like, and so to know that you have like such a big group of teammates that all like hit it at different points and are going to be like, hey, I know this is your weak spot, so I'm going to go. So, yeah. Connor Mance uh, once described like hit the difference in him as I can suffer longer than other people. What is it about running that you love? Because it is a very hard sport. It's one of the two OG sports. One is boxing and the other is running. Um, I love, I, like, I like what Connor Mant said. I like to be able to suffer longer. Um, I also love just being able to push myself. I feel like I did, not super competitively, but I did other sports growing up. Um, and I feel like sometimes there isn't a lot in your control. Like, there, there always is some in your control, but I felt like with running, I could control so much more because like, mm. I mean, obviously there's some things like you might get out kicked and that just happens, but you can control for the most part the outcome mm. of what of the race. And so I love that. What other sports are as the control uh, percentages as high? Is this the most controlled Dilgeet of all the sports? Well, I feel like swimming yeah. would be Swimming, you similar. control how fast you go in that, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not too many though. Volleyball, it's like, okay, if they just serve this 80 miles an hour at me, I'm sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, basketball, you need to get pet, yeah. It's a, yeah. it, that's it's interesting. Impressive just yeah. mental fortitude for sure. And I want to go back to something you said, Diljeet. You mentioned Aubrey's the only returning three-time All-American you've ever coached. You've coached some all-world historic talent, national champions. So, Aubrey, you're unique in that way. Uh, no wonder you're going to rely on her so much for leadership. Who else are you looking for to, to step into that leadership role? Well, Lexi Holiday, who uh, is just coming off a tremendous yep. track season, placed fourth at NCAAs and came back and was eighth in the U.S. Um, so I, I rely on her as well. And, and then it's just a lot of youth after that. We've, we've got Tasia Davis, who's lined up at the NCAAs for us, but hasn't had the same um, end result as, as these women. And she's probably hoping for that. But a lot of, a lot of youth in this squad, but a lot of depth. And I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I realize that she's my only three-time All-American returning on the drive over here. That's like, wild. All right, what do I love about Aubrey? And I'm thinking of all these things. And then, like, wow, she's got experience at this highest level. Um, and I, we're going we're gonna to definitely lean on that. Anytime you get to go to Oregon, and I assume it's in, uh, or, uh, in Eugene, right? Yeah. Hayward Field. At, at Hayward Field, world-class facilities, the best probably in the world. What do you need to get done this week? at this Invitational? <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> no, we just need to line up and we just need to fight. Like Coach was saying earlier, we need to, we need to show who has that fight and who's really going to be there when it gets, when it gets really tough um, and just be competitive. I think it's what we need to do. Do you have certain teams pinpointed? Coach, maybe you don't want your runners to focus on that, but maybe, maybe I don't know, but do you embrace certain rivalries? And if so, what, what are they and how, how do they impact this week's race? Yeah, I feel like I need to be transparent and say, yes, we really see what everyone else is doing. And that's my job as a coach, to, but we focus on ourselves. And at the end of the day, I'm going to throw out 
a, a little bit of stuff just to get them um, <laughs> hungry for other teams. I heard this runner said this oh, about you, Aubrey. You know, I may or may not have worn uh, Oregon green yesterday to practice. You know, just, Look at you. Just, just a few things to just remind them. But yeah. overall, if we focus on ourselves internally and what we can do and build off of that, I think that gives us um, mm. the best chance for success. And it was Nike. It's all in the fam. You got a Nike deal I yourself, know. which is kind of nice. Uh, what kind of sky miles did you put together this uh, this summer, by the way? A lot. If you need some points, I'm willing to <laughs> I always do. I'm I don't have as enough as this guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Name the countries over. you went to, because I know you went to the Women's World Cup. You yeah, went I was to Australia, Europe for the World Championships. Hungary, um, Austria, London, wow. Italy. That was this summer. Are you glad to just be home for a I little really bit? I really am. I am. But, but do great. you wish you were maybe in Italy sometimes? I mean, I wish I had the gelato. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you, you can get the closest thing to it around here, probably. Yeah. The creamery is close, but not really. <laughs> in the it's gelato not quite game. Italian yeah. gelato. The creamery is not necessarily in the gelato game. Okay? They're not. No. They're in everything else, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have you with us on the show. Good luck uh, this week and, and pushing forward, Aubrey. Awesome Thank stuff. You. Keep up the great work and coach. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Up next. We take a look at a great moment from Chase Roberts. In mm. fact, we're going to rank this among the best non-Hail Mary catches in BYU football history. We have to do this because there have been so many Hail Mary catches. Hail yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. The show is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the pod. All right, we've teased it a couple of times. Now let's get to it. Top 5 Tuesday, based on what we saw from Chase Roberts, oh, prompting yeah. us for a very unique Top 5. The Top 5 Best Non-Hail Mary Catches. And you can take as much game context out as possible, we're taking. Right? We're, we're just talking about the grab itself, like just the catch itself. We don't care about the, the opponent, athletics, the, the, the corner, the what, just the catch, okay? You're going to disagree with some of this. Not it is Hail okay. Mary. Number five, Ben Cahoon versus Texas A&M in 1996. The CFL's greatest receiver ever. Wiley's at BYU. Look at this. Way out, baby. That was such a great grab in a huge game where BYU took down top 15 ranked Texas A&M. This was awesome. Oh, Steve Sarkeesian thanking Cahoon for laying out right there. Number four. We hear a lot about Johnny Harleen in the Utah game. You forget Obviously. he had three fact, touchdowns. Uh, he had one over all-pro Eric Weddle right there. Give that's, me that! That's the context we actually wanted. Fights off <laughs> Weddle to make a one-handed grab when BYU needed it most. The Cougars were actually down here, and this is one of his three touchdown catches. Number three. Guess what? Guess what? Chase Roberts. Chase Roberts against Arkansas. Oh. Number three. All the way to number three. All the way to number three. No one's made this almost OBJ-like grab like Chase Roberts did on Saturday oh. at Arkansas. Recency bias? I don't know, but it oh. is an unbelievable grab. Number three. It's incredible. Well earned by Chase. Number two. Just a year ago, and a guy who is so hot right now, Puka Nakua, so hot right now. defeating Boise State single-handedly. See what I did there? Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, anchor boy. <laughs> With that catch, he too fighting off a defender and getting his tiptoes down inbounds 
so that BYU could win that finale of sorts on the Boise Blue. I'm tempted and I will just do it. That was on fourth down, had to have it. Had Amazing. to have it. Amazing! And the number one just straight up catch, non-Hail Mary, no game cut. Oh, it happened to happen in the national title game. Robbie Bosco, he's not throwing it away. He's throwing it to Glenn Kozlowski, Ooh. who makes an unbelievable grab. In fact, we think it's the greatest just straight up catch, non-Hail Mary in BYU history, Spence. Well, I mean, just, again, we don't want context in these games, but it's hard not to let this one bleed It's hard in. on this one! It's for the national championship. And somehow he comes down with that ball with a foot in bounds yes. with Michigan defenders what, surrounding What is him. that celebration? What is that from uh, Glenn Kozlowski? He whatever he wants Glenn, after that catch. Get Glenn gonna Glenn. You Holy cow. Our question of the day. <laughs> <laughs> How did BYU's win over Arkansas change your expectations for Cougar football and what they can do over the course of the 2023 season. Both Jeremy and I feeling pretty good about seven wins. I'm, I mean, could, could they go to eight? They got to crank it up on offense. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes in from at Top Gun Brendan on X, who says Saturday night, we saw that this BYU team had a lot of heart and fight in them. BYU took every punch, rolled with it, and countered back. Yep. I like BYU's chances to make some waves in conference play. BYU goes 9-3. and three. Ooh. Go Cougs. Ooh. Could be, man. BYU's got to uh, wow. figure it out. Okay, uh, where would you rank Chase Roberts' catch against Arkansas among BYU's greatest non-Hail Mary catches on Two for Tuesday? Yep. Brad Taylor on Instagram. Just ahead of Chase's 2022 catch against Baylor. You forget the, the toe-tapper end of the half. The chase is on the case Against catch. number nine, uh, Baylor. There's some context. You know, we didn't want to put that in there, but there it is. <laughs> It's hard not to. Really good. It's hard not to. But the fact that he just made one of the all-time catches in BYU football history to win a game in SEC country. Arkansas. Two big ones, man. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Dave Rose going into the Utah Sports Hall of Fame. Pretty cool to see that photo from Gregor Bell we showed earlier. Congrats to Dave. Yeah, Dave deserves this. Love that man. All right, our thanks to today's guests, Isaac Rex, Dilji Taylor, and Aubrey Frenthaway. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Michael Lloyd Jr. Stick around to watch the inauguration of new BYU president Shane Reese. Which begins right after this. At the top of the hour, go Kooks! President Reese!